Good evening. Our top story tonight, Alvin Kamara is set to be suspended by the NFL. This is all but official. The one thing we're waiting on is how long he is suspended, and that will be determined how today's meeting with Roger Goodell goes. We've got that. We've got updates on injuries across training camp. Lots of wide receivers dealing with some injuries and some just negative interactions in as well. And more on player profiler today. Alvin Kamara will be suspended. This is reported by Ian Rappaport. He is currently meeting with Roger Goodell. And by the time this airs, maybe we have an answer. What's more likely is this gets decided over the next couple days. I imagine this as a Friday news dump story at four o'clock. We hear the word that Alvin Kamara has been suspended for four to six games by the NFL. That is what I expect. That is what most people expect. And it's going to depend on how the conversation today with Roger Goodell ends up going. But regardless, Alvin Kamara will start the season suspended. And that is going to provide plenty of opportunity for Jamal Williams and plenty of opportunity for Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller, rocking number 25. The guy is swagged out AF. He is the long-term future at running back for the New Orleans Saints next year. Kendra Miller is going to be going within the top four rounds of fantasy football drafts. Mark my words, Alvin Kamara will not be there in 2023, or sorry, in 2024. He'll be there this year, but he'll be cut or traded next year. And that will leave Kendra Miller and Jamal Williams in the backfield. Jamal Williams, the thunder to the lightning of Kendra Miller and that will be the case for the first couple games. Remember, Kendra Miller didn't practice in minicamp, didn't practice in OTAs, but he is back. He is off the PUP. He is fully healthy and ready to go entering 2023. So who's going to be the RB1? Probably Jamal Williams is going to get the bulk of the carries early on for the New Orleans Saints, but Kendra Miller will get in for seven, eight, nine, ten 10 touches, while Jamal Williams handles probably... 15 touches per game while Alvin Kamara is out. And on those touches, Kendra Miller is going to look a lot more exciting, but Jamal Williams, he's going to be getting the meat and potatoes. He's going to be getting the goal line carries. He's going to be getting the touchdowns, but Kendra Miller going to be getting some of those receptions as well. It is an exciting time for both of those running backs in the Saints backfield, both probably a little bit underrated, Jamal Williams going in the double digits. Kendra Miller going well into the double digits. Alvin Kamara will miss time. Four games, six games, somewhere in between that. Alvin Kamara will be out. So if you've got a running back like Brees Hall, who is going to start the year slow and then pick up steam as it goes along, that's a good compliment to have with a Jamal Williams, with a Kendra Miller, because Jamal Williams is going to start the season off strong. Kendra Miller is going to start the season off strong, and maybe he finishes the season strong as well with Alvin Kamara even returning. Maybe Kendra Miller ends up making it a two-man backfield with him and Alvin Kamara relegates Jamal Williams to just short yardage stuff. It's an exciting backfield that we have with the New Orleans Saints for the first time in a while because a lot of years it was just, oh, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. That's not that exciting. 
And then they brought Malcolm Mark Ingram back and it still wasn't that exciting. This could be back to the days of Reggie Bush and Pierre Thomas and all those other stars that they had back. Just a solid rotation there for the New Orleans, New Orleans Saints for a lot of years. And it looks like we are heading back to that. But before we get on to more of the news, we do have a word from the pod father on the draft kit. And if you want to get yourself a free draft kit, sign, head over to playerprofiler.com and you will be able to enter for free draft kit for life. Or check out the at player pro, at Roto Underworld account on Twitter. It's our pinned tweet. You'll be able to find it there. Podfather, take it away. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team, and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team-level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, <laughs> it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. Go and get the draft kit for more on all of these players. We have some other news on wide receivers across the NFL, and it is some pretty bad news across the board. Jamison Williams, Jamison Williams, he had a good day today. He did. He roasted Cam Sutton for a 55-yard touchdown. That is fantastic news, but we... Don't have all good news. We all know about the punch that Jamison Williams threw yesterday at an undrafted free agent. Don't love to see that. We don't love to hear that Jamison Williams is going to get a lot of snaps in the preseason because he needs it. Now, obviously, he does need it. He didn't play last year. He didn't have a training camp last year, so this makes sense logically. But it's not nice to hear that Jamison Williams needs the reps. You always hope that, oh, our star wide receiver, it's natural, it's working, Amon Ross St. Brown doesn't need the reps, but it can be worked out. Another red flag for Jamison Williams, though, is Dan Campbell talking about his hands, the hands of Jamison Williams. It will never be probably like one of these elite pass catchers that you've seen, but it'll be just fine with his speed and what he's able to do. So he's admitting Jameson Williams doesn't have the best hands, but he can get around it with his speed and it'll be just fine. 
I'm a believer in Jamison Williams. I'm hoping that it works out. I know he's not going to be a wide receiver one, but I'm hoping he can at least be a field stretcher that helps this offense more on the field than it does in fantasy. But these are a lot of red flags for Jamison Williams. It is not good news. It has not been nice to hear all the bad press about Jamison Williams coming out of the Lions. And he's going to miss the first six games. And when he comes back, what shapes he going to be in? All sorts of question marks. Jameson Williams, red flags across the board. But red flags can always disappear if you go out and show out. Jameson Williams has all the talent in the world. He just has to want it more than anyone else does, like Amon Ross St. Brown. So we'll see. We'll keep you updated. Maybe Jameson Williams starts stringing a couple of good practices together like he had today. That is all you can hope for. One player that will not be stacking days, though, unfortunately, is Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is out with a hamstring injury. It is to be determined for how long, but he could be back for scrimmages in a few weeks. That doesn't sound particularly good. It sounds like Cooper Cup is going to miss multiple weeks with this hamstring strain. Sounds like we're not going to see him at all in the preseason, which doesn't matter. Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup. He doesn't need to play in the preseason. And it sounds as though for now, there's no risk of Cooper Cup missing week one. But that's always a risk. A 30-year-old wide receiver with a hamstring strain, not great. We saw it with Keenan Allen next last year. So hopefully Cooper Cup takes this month off, comes back for week one. He is ready to go. But another red flag for a wide receiver, Cooper Cup. Jamison Williams, not good news, and neither for Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley was limited today with toe soreness. They say the cleats were causing the problem. They switched out his cleats. They think that they have fixed it, but Calvin Ridley limited today with toe soreness. We know he's no stranger to having foot injuries. He played 2020 with a broken foot. The best season of his career set career highs in targets, yards, receptions. He was the wide receiver four in fantasy points per game. But just another red flag, a red flag that Calvin Ridley, who has dealt with foot issues in the past, is now missing time in practice because of a toe injury. Now, this can always go away. If Calvin Ridley practices in full tomorrow, practices in full on Friday, then this red flag starts to disappear. But it is not a good sign that a wide receiver that has played five games over the past two seasons is already missing time in practice. Hopefully it goes away. Hopefully it's nothing, but we just have to notice these red flags for Jameson Williams and Cooper Cup and Calvin Ridley. Red flags do not mean no. We don't draft these players. The Podfather would say it does for Jameson Williams, but I need to say it for Calvin Ridley too. These are players that the Podfather doesn't like to begin with, but red flags can disappear. But for now, they are concerning. Less concerning is Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson bulks up to 252 pounds. He has put on 8 to 12 pounds of muscle. The guy is looking thick. The guy is looking great. I am so excited to see Anthony Richardson. He will be the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Luke Schoonmaker, on the other hand, does not look like he will be the starting tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, though he is expected to return to the field soon. He was working off to the side on the rehab field in full equipment. That 
typically means a player is close to returning. Luke Schoonmaker, who is dealing with a plantar fascia issue in his foot, nearing a return. I don't think in year one, he's going to start for the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe if Jake Ferguson misses some time, then Luke Schoonmaker becomes a streamer. But with the experience that Jake Ferguson has in the system from last year, throughout training camp so far, and the fact that tight end is the hardest position in the NFL to learn, to transition, I think it's just going to take some time for Luke Schoonmaker. Look out for him next year. This year, though, Jake Ferguson is going to be taking that Dalton Schultz role. As for the Raiders, though, Michael Mayer. We talked about it yesterday. O.J. Howard cut. Michael Mayer is just one player away. Austin Hooper, the only player standing in between Michael Mayer and a starting role. But Michael Mayer was whooped in practice yesterday from Max Crosby, who is a star pass rusher. No doubt about it. But these are the types of players that Michael Mayer is going to be going up against on Sundays. Apparently, he handled it well. Apparently, he is well coachable. According to Josh McDaniels, the way they talk about him, it does sound as though Michael Mayer could be the starting tight end in week one, but he does have to pass Austin Hooper, unlike Sam Laporta, who is the starting tight end for the Detroit Lions, though he is going to miss a couple days of practice with a minor ankle injury. Typically, a minor ankle injury means a low ankle sprain, which means you're going to miss maybe a week of practice at most, probably less than that, though, like with Garrett Wilson. Missing, I think, six days is the plan for Garrett Wilson to miss. Maybe it was a full week, but either way, not expecting this to impact him long-term. And with Sam Laporta, yeah, going to hurt his development a little bit, but Brock Wright is the guy in front of him, and Sam Laporta has already beaten him out for the job. Missing a week's not going to change that at all. Final rookie updates that we have. The New England Patriots We had the best practice of the summer. And Kayshawn Boutte was a big reason why Kayshawn Boutte had his best day personally. Balled out, showed out, catching passes from Mac Jones, as was Demario Douglas. We talked about how Demario Douglas hadn't caught a pass from Mac Jones yet. He'd been running routes with Mac Jones. He was working with the first team, but hadn't caught a pass. That changed today. Mac Jones has his best practice throwing to Demario Douglas, throwing to Kayshawn Boutte. Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Gusecki, Hunter Henry, all highlighted. Mike Gusecki, we know, has been struggling for the past week at training camp for the Patriots. He had his best performance today as well. Juju has been consistently good. Devontae Parker has surprisingly been consistently good. The names we didn't hear, though, were Tyquan Thornton, who didn't practice today. Not a good sign for a receiver who has struggled throughout training camp so far. And the other name we didn't hear is Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne has struggled throughout training camp as well. Hasn't been on the same page as Mac Jones. Hasn't been getting the targets. Not a good sign when Kendrick Bourne and Tyquan Thornton aren't getting mentioned, but the rookies are. It's just a note to file away back there. But Kendrick Bourne, who was in the doghouse last year, we'll see how it all shakes out. Continuing with the New England Patriots, though, Ramondre Stevenson continues to take time out from practice. He can will be out of drills at times, will be out of certain periods of practice, and he doesn't really get it. He says you have to ask Bill Belichick why he's not practicing. Sounds like Ramondre Stevenson wants to be out there, but Bill Belichick trying to save him from himself, potentially. We saw Ramondre break down towards the end of the season. 
Will they be bringing in a veteran running back? Probably. Dalvin Cook still has to visit. We're still waiting for Dalvin Cook to sign. I thought it would have happened by now, and it hasn't. <sighs> I hope it happens soon. I, I'm just going to keep checking my phone, hoping that the news breaks that Dalvin Cook has signed, that we get a length for the Alvin Kamara suspension. But other news across the NFL, Isaiah Pacheco is expected to be cleared for contact by August 20th. Won't that be beautiful? Isaiah Pacheco cleared for contact, ready to resume his role as the lead back for the Kansas City Chiefs. The hand is good, just the shoulder that has been left to be cleared. But could he see some competition from Daenerys Prince? I think Isaiah Pacheco is significantly better, but Daenerys Prince has been showing out at training camp. I think he's more of a threat to Clyde edwards Lair's job. I think Isaiah Pacheco set as the lead back. Jarek McKinnon set as the pass catcher, but... Daneric Prince continues to make a name for himself behind Isaiah Pacheco while Isaiah Pacheco isn't practicing in full. As for other running backs across the NFL, J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins still not practicing. Ravens aren't concerned yet. They aren't worried about J.K. Dobbins missing time yet on the, P on the PUP, even though we know it's partially about his contract, mostly about his contract. John Harbaugh says they're not worried yet. There is an open line of communication between J.K. Dobbins and Jim John Harbaugh. At some point, he's got to come back, though. The Ravens aren't going to give him a deal, and J.K. Dobbins needs to put together a statistical season good enough to command top dollar in free agency next year. That's the goal. And so, unfortunately for J.K. Dobbins, I wish the Ravens would give him the bag. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So he's going to have to play it out. And I hope he balls out, and I hope he gets that bag next year. But for now, J.K. Dobbins not showing up. We'll find out when he shows up, when he tells us. Until then, we are in the dark. We also have news on Ioma Uwazurike, who is a defensive lineman for the Denver Broncos rookie last year. He is accused of betting on five Broncos games. We already knew that. He'd already been suspended, but... He is now facing up to two years in prison for allegedly falsifying his information on these gambling apps. Placed 32 total bets, five of them on the Denver Broncos. Not a good story. The NFL cracked down, suspended him for the full year. And I hope he is able to avoid time. But geez, these... You got to be careful. You got to be careful as a player. Just why are you betting on NFL games, period? And then falsifying it. It's just it. You don't need to. <laughs> you don't need to gamble as an NFL player on NFL games. Just avoid it. There's no reason to create a fake account. Just just don't do it. As for you, though, go ahead and do it. Go and place all the bets that you would like. But you don't impact NFL games. You are not betting on your own team. I don't know how many Buccaneers would bet on their own team, though. I don't know. I've, I Look, every NFL team, every NFL player believes that they are in it to win it. They are going to put their best foot forward. The Buccaneers players would probably bet on themselves, but probably not the best decision. They're still figuring out who their quarterback is. Baker Mayfield has the edge, but Kyle Trask is closing the gap between himself and Baker Mayfield. And that all comes down to turnovers. Baker Mayfield, five interceptions in training camp so far compared to just one for Kyle Trask. And this is something that Dave Canales, the new offensive coordinator who came over from the, the Seattle Seahawks said, look, you got to take care of the football. 
This is no longer the Bruce Arians, just grip it and rip it, sling it all over the field. Doesn't matter. Risk, no risk it, no biscuit. You can turn it over if you want, as long as you're making plays. That is not how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers run anymore. This is a conservative offense. It's a fun offense. It's a high-flying offense, potentially, like we saw with Geno Smith last year. But Geno Smith took care of the football. He put the ball in harm's way. To avoid the turnovers somehow, that's something we do have to watch. He had too many turnover-worthy plays. But didn't turn the ball over, made plays downfield, and that's something Baker Mayfield's not doing. He's able to make the plays downfield, but he's not able to avoid the turnovers, and that may cost him his starting job. It hasn't happened yet. Kyle Trask is still the QB2, in theory. They're rotating, obviously, reps between the first and second team, but Kyle Trask has closed the gap on Baker Mayfield. This might be the tightest quarterback competition that we have. Because Bryce Young already won his quarterback competition. CJ Stroud, this isn't a competition between him and Davis Mills. I wish they would stop pretending. Anthony Richardson, this shouldn't be a competition. They should just hand Anthony Richardson the starting job because he needs the reps. Sam Howell is starting for the Washington Commanders. That's going to happen. Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask might be the one true quarterback battle, and it might be heating up. 